Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Do you make a lot of mistakes? Do things incorrectly? I do, and I know I do because my family is so quick to tell me this. And why do I do things wrong and incorrectly? Because I rely upon my own understanding. I make decisions from my own perspective. This is the wrong thing to do. We need to make decisions based upon the truth of Scripture. And that's exactly what we're going to see in this passage of Scripture. Take out your Bibles and look with me to Luke's Gospel and chapter 5. Luke's Gospel and chapter 5. Now, if we were to think who would be the most likely to respond to Messiah and understand the times and understand his words and understand his actions, well, we would naturally think the most religious. Those who were the teachers of the law, the scribes, those who knew the Bible the best. But in actuality, we're going to see that it was another group of people who responded properly to Yeshua, to him personally and to his words and his invitation to serve him, to participate in what he is about. As I said, take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 27. Now, remember, we just saw last week that Messiah did a great miracle and he proclaimed forgiveness to an individual, but it was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that looked down upon him with contempt. But notice, who is it that's going to respond properly in this week's study? Well, we'll find that out in a moment. Verse 27. And after these things, why is that phrase there? It is to inform you and me, the reader, that we need to remember what we just studied in order to properly appreciate and understand the message of this final passage of Luke's chapter 5. And what it says here is, after these things, he went forth and he saw a tax collector. Now, a tax collector was participating with the enemy. That is, they are employed by the Romans. And the Romans were the enemy. The Romans were the oppressor. The Romans came and took ownership, not according to God's will, but took ownership of the land that God gave by covenant to the Israelites. 
And therefore, it ought not be that a Jew would be a tax collector for the Romans. But it was. This is what we see. And furthermore, notice something else. The name of this tax collector was Levi. Now, Levi, or Levi in English, means that he came from a Levitical background. And he should have been someone who was serving God, but he wasn't. He was serving the Romans. Now, one of the questions that we should ask ourselves is, why? What would take and cause a Levite to turn away from his people and to embrace the enemy? Oftentimes, people, because they're hurt, because they're ostracized, because they are looked down upon, whatever it might be, they turn away from their people and embrace the enemy. But understand, when they are invited back, they may be just the ones who are the quickest to respond. So what was he doing? Well, he was sitting at the tax booth. He was at work being a tax collector, and notice what happens. Remember, Messiah went forth, and he said to him, follow me. Nothing else, simply follow me. Now, there was no uh, promise of anything. It was simply Yeshua. Now, we know that as he went from place to place, he was identified because of his attire, his dress. He was recognized as a rabbi, a teacher of the word of God. One who, as we saw last week, taught with authority. And immediately, just one word, follow. Follow me. And what happens? Well, notice what the scripture says. Verse 28. And after leaving everything. Now that to me is quite the statement. We see that he left all things. Now a tax collector, one of the motivations for being in that position is that they could profit greatly. But he wasn't interested in the material things. He was a Levite. He was called and appointed in a unique way to serve God. And now, this, this man, a spiritual man, a one that was speaking truth, spiritual truth. And what happens? This Levite, he left all things and he stood up and followed him. Meaning this, he responded to not just an invitation, but he responded to a command. When we look at this and he says, follow me, me, he doesn't say, do you want to? I'd like you to. It'll be good for you. He simply commanded him with words of authority, follow me. And after leaving all things, he rose up. And this term to, to rise up is a word that we see both in the Old Testament and the New Testament being called and responding into service, divine service. He followed him. And what else did he do? Well, look at the next verse, verse 29. Now, all we're told 
is that he was given a command to follow Yeshua. Now, presumably, he had heard things concerning him. That report, as we find out earlier in the Gospel of Luke, went throughout all of Israel. And now, being given the opportunity to follow, to participate in the work of Yeshua. He left everything, he followed him, but even more. Notice what it says in verse 29. And Levi made a great banquet for him. So Levi, what did he do? Out of joy. He made a great banquet for him, for Yeshua, and he did so in his house. And there was a crowd of many tax collectors and others that were with them reclining. Now that word reclining means that this was quite a meal. It wasn't something simple. It just wasn't having a few people over. The term reclining means that this was quite a luxurious and a relaxing meal. One of great significance because that sacred Passover meal, also the scripture says it must be partaken of reclining. And I would suggest to you that there's two things here of great significance. Going back up to our first verse where it says in verse 27 that he, meaning Yeshua, went forth. That word for going forth is related to redemption. Secondly, this term for reclining, because it's connected to the Passover meal, eating the Passover, we see that redemption, Passover, the festival of redemption, redemption is what this man was interested in. And what does redemption involve? Well, we know it's a payment, a blood payment. It it provides something. It provides a change, a change of ownership. This one, Levy, feeling outside and joining with the enemy. But when given the chance to come home, to respond, to do what he was called to do, to be a servant, and that's what a Levy is, a servant. He responded, and he did so with joy, making this great banquet. And notice again, It says, there were many other tax collectors who came to this banquet and others that were with them reclining, verse 30. And the scribes and the Pharisees of them. Now, what that means is this. Of this great banquet that had a large number of tax collectors, there were also of that that group that came. Also, we see scribes and Pharisees. And we see that they were grumbling at his disciples, saying, because of why, what reason, in other words, with tax collectors and, and notice something, sinners, with tax collectors and sinners, why do you eat and drink meaning why have fellowship with them now this wasn't a a thought they were grumbling and that probably means not that they were grumbling in their hearts but they were speaking it 
They wanted to know why Yeshua would have fellowship with these tax collectors and these sinners. Well, everyone is a sinner. If you read the scripture, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. As it says by King Solomon, no one is righteous, no, not one. We are all sinners. And therefore, notice what Messiah says. We read in verse 31, And Yeshua answered, He said to them, Not having need, the healthy for a physician. So it simply means there is no need for one who is healthy to have a physician, but rather the ones having, and some Bibles will say sickness, but it's literally the word, the ones having evilness. And if we look at this word carefully, we see that it's speaking about evil ones, the ones having those things that are against God's will. Now, who lives in a way that is against God's will? We all have done that. We all, in God's eyes, are evil. Now, I realize that this might not be uh, contextually pleasing to individuals. It may not cause people to come to say, you mean God thinks I'm evil? I don't know if I'm interested in such a God. Well, the question is this. Is God interested in you? Yes, he is. How has he demonstrated it? By sending his only begotten son into this world to redeem who? The evil. If you don't agree with God and seeing yourself as he sees you, you're not a candidate for redemption. That is, you are not a candidate to have your sins forgiven and for you to be saved. So he says, it's not the ones who are healthy that have need of a physician, but the ones having evilness. Verse 32, he says, I was not sent to call the righteous. And this phrase for being sent means it's tied to the past. It's true now and it will continue to be. Meaning that that Messiah's work, his call, is one that goes through many generations. This call of redemption, this call to respond to him. So he says, I was not called, I was not, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to what? To repentance. Now, foundationally, when we look at the ministry of Messiah, there's a call to repentance. And let me just share with you. I know that there are a lot of popular Bible teachers, and I rejoice with that. But the problem is many who are popular stay away from teaching that as human beings, we have original sin and we are evil. God came to redeem the evil ones. That means you and me. And then secondly, in order to be redeemed, there has to be that repentance. He calls people to repent. This is being ignored today. And it's not a proper gospel when we ignore this call to repentance. He says, but sinners 
for repentance. That's why he's come. Verse 33. But he said to them, why, or excuse me, literally they were saying to him, why do the disciples of John fast often and they make prayers? Likewise also the ones of the Pharisees, but the ones of you, speaking about his disciples, the ones of you, they eat and they drink. Now, they want to know why there's a difference. And their whole implication is this. There's something wrong with your disciples. They're not behaving properly. But notice how Messiah responds. Verse 34. But he said to them, Not able are the sons of the bride chamber. Now, this has to do with a marriage. And realize something. When there's a marriage about to happen in that location, in that, that neighborhood, in that city even, it changes things. Because we read in the scripture the sound of joy, the sound of gladness, the sound of the groom, and the sound of the bride. Marriage relates to happiness. And there should be eating and drinking. There should be just like Levy did, a celebration, a great banquet to be made because the groom, that is Messiah Yeshua, the Messiah is seen as a groom. We are the bride, he is the groom, and when he's with us, there should be joy. And that's why he says that the sons of the bridal chamber are not able not able to what? Able to, to fast when the groom is with them. And therefore, he says, but that's now in that time when he was there bodily with them. But he says, the days are coming when the groom will be taken from them. And then they will fast in those days. So there is an appropriate time to fast. And fasting is always accompanied with prayer. So, yes, there's a time for that, but not now. What was he saying? He was saying to those Pharisees and scribes, you don't realize the God that God is visiting you for the purpose of redemption. That's why I am here. That is who I am. I am this, this groom, meaning the Messiah. And these leaders weren't recognizing and they weren't responding with faith to him. But what may be surprising is that these tax collectors and other sinners, they were. And they were rejoicing because they recognized who he was, why he had come, and what he was able to do for them, to give them a new life. And that's what uh, Levy was looking for. He didn't like being a tax collector, and he quickly left that when given the opportunity to be reconciled with God and to become a servant of God. So they will fast in those days. Look now to verse 36. 
he's going to begin to teach and use a parable to illustrate this. Verse 36. And he was saying also a parable to them. And notice what he says. That no one, a a portion of a new garment, he places upon an old garment. Now, he's teaching just some common sense things. No one who wants to patch up an old garment will take a portion of a new garment. Why? We'll just keep reading in the end of verse 36 where it says, I'm going to translate this literally. But if not also, what does that mean? Well, it is an expression which means, if this is the case, will this not happen? Now, Oftentimes in the biblical language and in Judaism in general, there are terms that are repeated. And sometimes in the literalness of the translation, it's hard to understand. But this is one that simply means, if this is done, won't this be the the outcome? And what is that? Well, if someone were to take a new piece of cloth and sew it to and patch up an old garment, what would happen? Also the new would do something it would tear it would shrink and it would pull and make the the whole even worse so it's not done also it says here that the old that it is not uh, uh, appropriate meaning it's not appropriate to mix the new and the the old because if you do that That old one is going to pull away from the new. Verse 37. What he's going to say here is to give another example. Now, why are there these two examples that comes from patching up an old garment? And now we're going to be talking about new wine and new wineskins and old wineskins. Here's the teaching. We need to realize that in order to receive the new, that we need to be a new creation. That's what redemption does. So if you have a new patch in order to to make up what's missing, to, to take that which is damaged, there's a hole in the garment, to fix that, you can't do what? You can't take a new, why? Because you have to understand the old. You have to have that new being what? That solution being being made in a way that the old it's appropriate for. But we see the second thing. In order for there to be new wine, that joy and wine is synonymous with joy. Notice what it says here. And no one uh, places new wine into old wineskins. Why? But if not also, meaning if you were to do this, won't this be the result that the new wine will burst open the old wineskins? And this, what will happen? If this takes place, then the, it will cause a spill and the, the wineskins will will be destroyed but new wine is put into new wine skins so what do we see well that message of the gospel has to be understood 
in the terms of the Tanakh, the Old Testament. If you take the, the message of the gospel and you rip it apart from the original context, it is going to be rejected. We need to understand that the gospel is something that is not entirely new. It's good news. There's a new covenant, but it is connected with the past, the past prophecies, the past promises of God. But if we're dealing with that, that gospel and receiving it and the Holy Spirit, we must be what? We must be a new creation. So the Holy Spirit in this new way of indwelling we must become a new creation in Messiah. So the gospel, it must be presented to Israel and to all people in the original context as a fulfillment of biblical prophecy, as what the Torah should lead us to conclude. And that's why it is so dangerous for people who want to unhitch the Old Testament and the New Testament. We ought not do that. That's what he's saying about the old garment and the new garment. But in order to receive salvation, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, we must become a new creation. And that's what that new wine does. It causes us to be regenerated and to become that new creation whereby we belong in a new way through a new covenant we belong to the God, the God of the Old Testament. Because as the scripture says, God is eternal. That Messiah is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But in order for him to enter into our life, we must be that new creation. So we see these two examples of an old garment and the solution. That solution must be presented within the terms of, of the Old Testament. But if we're going to receive the blessing and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we must be transformed and we must be regenerated and become that new creation, that kingdom creation. Messiah's words, he speaks truth to us and he's desiring that we're not so religious and so prideful and so hung up on things that we cannot see God at work. That was a problem with the Pharisees and the scribes. They were quick to look down upon others and see the sinfulness of others, but their own sin they did not see. What about you and me? Are we quick to be judgmental, to see the sins and the flaws of others, or do we have mercy and compassion and do we see in the same way that we have failed that we have have frailties and we have struggles in our life and we make at times wrong decisions and we fail God can we be compassionate to others as we want God to be merciful and compassionate to us in other words we need to see things from God's perspective, ourselves and others, and that we must become that new creation so that we can experience new life and eternal life. Well, I'll close with that until next time. Shalom from Israel. 
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.